Hi, this is Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is episode 71, Two Teachers Talking. Charles and I get together to talk about uh, teaching English in Japan. And today we have with us a guest, uh, Chris Cotter of uh, Heads Up English, uh, which is a very extensive website of resources primarily for teachers, for teachers in Japan teaching English, and uh, therefore <laughs> somebody of interest. And um, he's in Tokyo. Yokohama, Tokyo. Yokohama, I think. I think he lives in oh, Yokohama. I think his job is in Tokyo. Okay. And, and where's his um, website? <laughs> <laughs> that is Heads Up English, no spaces. Okay. HeadsUpEnglish.com. Is, is the website in Tokyo or is the website in Yokohama? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you figure that out. Oh, got a challenging <laughs> question. Okay. Mm, yeah, quite, That's quite a... challenging. Um, yeah, he used to used to be a neighbor. Uh, actually, he was a, a your neighbor. Uh, he was in Nishinomiya for a while. Okay. Uh, and he's a Chicago native, as it turns out. Um, and he's been um, teaching English in Japan for, I think, eighteen years. Uh, came over as a initially as a in the jet program, which he talks a little bit about. Right. Um, and he teaches mostly adults uh, with uh, in their twenties, thirties, forties, with the focus on business, uh, English for their jobs, and preparation for life overseas. So, kind of a, a different world than we're used to. Yeah, it's really <laughs> except for when we're kind of well, the business part for sure. But preparing students for going overseas may be a little similar, but that's more academic. But I think the students are, it's, it's more professional life rather than right. academic, uh, I, was, I, think, I was saying the I only think. thing, the only, yeah, right, the fact is he's focused on business is very, very different. But mm. some of the students, a few yeah. of them sometimes have that interest, but not that many. So it sounds like it's a really different um, way to work. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and let's uh, well, let's let's listen to what he has to say, or what we had to say, and uh, talk about uh, some of those differences, and then we'll uh, we'll get back, huh? Okay, all right. So here we go. Okay, so today we're here with um, Chris Cotter, and um, Chris has uh, got a kind of an interesting angle on uh, on English education. He's He's making money. <laughs> he's making money. He's 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 got a, he's got a thing going. He's set something up and uh, a great like resource website for teachers of of all different kinds and things. And uh, um, I think, homie, right? Chicago. That's right. Hey, yeah. all right. So, um, yeah. Um, I guess maybe first, like, give us a little hint, like you know. Coming to Japan, how did you get here? How did you get started? And then maybe talk about how the idea for uh, Heads Up English, which is which is your your website and uh, resource center for for teachers here in Japan, how you got the idea and mm -hmm. how you executed. And uh, we're just gonna sit here and listen. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I've been in Japan for uh, it's eighteen years now. So you know. A long time, but you know, um, still not long enough where I'm always, you know, experiencing something new or discovering something new. Um, I initially came here on the jet program, so uh, you know, it was around. I came here in '97, and around you know Christmas or so, November of '96, I was about to graduate, and I was thinking, okay, what do I want to do? Um, I want to go to graduate school, but you know, it'd be fun to travel, go live in a foreign country. Um, I'd studied Japanese a bit at university. I'd, you know, taken some history classes. So that was, you know, on my list of places that I really wanted to visit. Um, I applied to the JET program. I remember, you know, filling out the application, writing the essay, uh, driving to Kinko's at, you know, 11 o'clock at night to get it, you know, mm -hmm. FedExed. Because the deadline was due and I had to get it in. Um, yeah, and luckily enough, I got accepted. I went up to Fukushima. Uh, I was on the coast, um, you know, 20 kilometers south of where, you know, the big accident happened. Yeah, me and the audience just went through a big shutter thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that I know that area very, very well. Ah. Um, uh, the town that I was in is just outside the exclusion zone. And, um, you know, a town of 5,000 people, 
Uh, I worked in one junior high school with 250 kids. So it was great. I was there for three years and I was a real integral part of the school and of the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I, you know, I taught, you know, 20 classes a week. Um, I was an assistant softball coach, uh, going to different functions in the town and whatnot. Uh, So that was a really good experience. Uh, I did that for three years. Um, of course, living in the countryside, the amount of jobs are extremely limited. Sure. So, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I, I suppose I could have gone to Sendai. Uh, it's a you know, big city, million people, um, but came to Tokyo um, and started working at, you know, Eikaiwa's in Tokyo. And that led to other work and a couple university things and um, you know, then, you know, developing curriculum and, you know, directing different courses and directing a school. And that kind of brings me up to, you know, where I am now, uh, not with heads up English. You said heads up English makes money. I would say heads up English makes a minuscule amount of money. (laughs) Um, But, but it's, it's yeah. Well, yeah I, I assume just just like the, the podcast like pulls in zero. <laughs> this is public yeah. service. Yeah, <laughs> and but um, it's fun to do. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, that, and that's the big thing. Uh, you know, when you work when you're working in a school or in a university or working for somebody else, obviously you can't explore and try everything that you want to do that you read about. Uh, you talk with other people and like, oh, that's a great idea. I want to do that. Um, so that's kind of where heads up English started um it's let's see how long it's about eight years when i actually actually started uh the website i think eight Mm -hmm. or nine years i can't remember at this point and at the time i was uh developing curriculum for a nationwide set of schools but obviously you know you're limited with you know existing program and you know the demographic of the students that come there and things like that and so the ideas that I couldn't incorporate into the program, I started running with private students and other classes that I had off on the side. And that was a lot of fun. And I liked that. And I saw results and it was working. So then I started Heads Up English, um, you know, bought the domain name, uh, you know, fumbled about and, you know, I think, you know, crashed, you know, lost data. I don't know how many times at the beginning. Um, Sounds but, really familiar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Panic! Oh my God, what have I done? Uh, and that's kind of where it started. Just a, a vehicle to you know do some of the things that I couldn't incorporate into my full time job, and you know see what happens. It's just something to play with. It's a it's a it's a hobby, uh, and it's just sort of just kept growing and growing and growing in the, you know, eight, nine years that, you know, I've started it. Uh, we're at the point now, I don't know, I have six or 700 different pages on the site and, you know, tons of resources. And, um, you know, now I, I use it for, you know, I don't teach that many classes, but the classes that I do teach, it's an easy go-to resource, uh, you know, tons of material that I can, you know, either use in the classroom, supplement in the classroom, give to my students and say, okay, look at this, come back and we'll talk about it. Uh, So all the preparation work that I've done over the past nine years, which most teachers have done, uh, instead of having it in folders and papers and scraps and notes in a cupboard, I've got it on, uh, you know, digital on, on a website. Yeah, good. Yeah. That's, um, it's interesting because I, I've kind of, um, in in a much less public way, to done almost exactly the same thing. I think everybody has for the kind of teaching that I do. It's not nearly as polished and as um, professional looking as as, as your uh, setup. But uh, yeah, exactly like that. I mean, about ten years ago, I've got some, um, and I'm going to ask you about your um, your your other work too as well. But sure. like 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 like, Ch- like Charles and I have pretty much exclusively university jobs, right? Um, but, uh, with my more advanced classes started doing something very similar and it grew, it grew, it grew, but like the, 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 one of the big ones is like, a is my download page where I've got probably over a thousand PDFs 
of of articles for students to use that are yeah. related to the textbooks that I use for like topics, discussion type classes. But of course, they can use it for research, for papers, and for speeches, and for whatever it might be. And you know, it's you know, open for anybody. You know, students from other classes. I mean, from other universities and um, whatever it might be. And it's, it's kind of interesting to hear you say that because it's so similar <laughs> to what I was doing. But uh, yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah, most teachers I've met, you know, have all, you know, everyone creates, you know, materials and resources sure. and worksheets because no textbook, you know, no material matches your set of students or your classes exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. And, right. you know, it usually it gets filed away somewhere or like you, I mean, if you've digitized it, um, you know, okay, you've got access to it. Uh, and I just took it another step, I think, and made it available for everybody. Yeah, and that's a it's a great thing because uh, I was looking at some of the articles and some of them, yeah, really kind of jumped out at me. And one of the things I really <laughs> like, I was looking at some of the upper intermediate, the advanced um, uh, articles that you've got there, and was really kind of admiring one of the you talked about um, one of the articles about creationism, and it's like, yeah. boy, isn't this a a deft dance on eggshells here <laughs> <laughs> with this because because uh, the the cultural thing is it's something that Charles and I have talked about a number of times and. You know the the role of cult. You know, two different. You know, two different. I I actually two I, I, definitions of culture in the classroom. One obviously is one that's so directly linked with um, just linguistic expression. But the other part of it that you know all the trappings of that come with it, and, and coming from you know you know speaking English, they're pretty much Judeo Christian cultures, and some of that stuff comes through. And how do you? deal with that in the classroom and keep your own beliefs in check and at the same mm -hmm. time give your students what you kind of think is the reality yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's such a tricky dance and i was just admiring <laughs> your article on that it was really it was really nicely done well i try to, when i when i write the articles or write the content i try to write it for as big an audience as possible these days mm -hmm. Um, so it's not just, you know, what I believe. Sometimes I try to keep a balanced approach. Usually the, actually the articles that I create, it usually comes from something that's in the news. And then I'll look at a couple other articles or a couple other pieces or, you know, you know, Google it and then come up with a couple other ideas and then bring in a bit of my own personal beliefs and put all of that together to create something that's about, you know, 300 words, um, you know, try to balance, you know, the issue. So students can, you know, it's up to the students, you know, they can, you know, they're to discuss it, to, you know, you know, agree, disagree, build various communication skills, um, and also get a bit of culture as well, especially, you know, if they're upper intermediate or advanced and get a different viewpoint of some of these topics that they might not be familiar with. Hmm. Yeah, really. Yeah, very nice job with, with the articles. Like, you know, very, you know, a lot of meat, a lot of content, uh, in bite-sized chunks, and a real nice uh, use of uh, not use of, but like the emphasis on vocabulary, the vocabulary words that are highlighted. Really interesting, useful choices. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I think I mean, nicely done. Great, thank you. So, yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to put it together. Yeah, um, when you have the time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I have the time, exactly. <laughs> so, speaking of time, it's so. What's your? I mean, your, your overall work balance. I mean, you've got you've got this this website that you're you're maintaining, and you have you have a main one main job? Do you have like a five little jobs? I mean, what what's your work life balance like? My work life balance is very unhealthy. No, oh, well, um, you're in Japan, so <laughs> I'm in we, Japan. We, we kind of have a sense of what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, my main job, so it's full time. Um, I'm academic director at a school in Tokyo. Uh, the students that come in, they do uh, 60 or 100 hour intensive courses where they're there with us for about a month or two. And most of them are either you know, going overseas to do, you know, master's programs, some bachelor programs, uh, going overseas to work, or they're in Japan, they're between jobs, and they need English, you know, for the next stage in their career. Um, so the students are highly motivated, they're, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 
Um, you know, complaints that we have at the school, which is something that you usually don't hear. Um, the pace is too slow. No. I'm not getting enough homework. Um, you know, things like that. So that's my job where I'm, you know, directing the teachers and putting the courses together and the curriculum. And we do some outsources, outsource classes with universities uh, in the Tokyo area as well. Some businesses. Um, that's my main job. Uh, and then, of course, you know, a couple private students, people that I've been teaching for, you know, several years or even more, um, and just helping them, you know, continue to improve and, you know, develop their, their language skills for whatever their new needs might be. Uh, a mix of, you know, some people a little bit older, some people are, you know, you know, 30s and, you know, they need English for their career. Uh, and then the rest of the time is, you know, spent on Heads Up English and developing new content for that, um, you know, mix of, you know, some free stuff, which I've got on the site and, you know, putting together some, you know, resources where, you know, people have to, you know, pay money to, you know, purchase it. Um, so all in all, I would say probably I'm working not minus the commute, uh, you know, 60, 65 hours a week, which doesn't it seems I don't actually I don't know does it seem like a lot uh, I've been doing it for so long it's just this is what I do I I I'm not the best person to ask because my balance is all out of whack too so um yeah it's and uh you know listening talking about like your your especially like your early years with the, with the at the junior high school and and being part of the community and 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 now listening to talk about like working for uh the kind of school that you're at um, I, I'm kind of just struck by like one by the the diff the huge difference that's a, from what you your work life is like and um, Charles Charles is an and I and I we're a little bit more similar to each other than I think from from yours how how different it is but in terms of the numbers no 65 <laughs> seems about right right in the ballpark i guess um, if, if you do if you really like what you're doing then it doesn't seem so much mm -hmm, you know the mm -hmm. students that i have i really like them i've worked them with them for a long time you know heads up english i've been doing that uh i enjoy doing that um you know my main job um you know there's good days there's bad days uh you know some days are really hectic some seasons are really hectic but overall uh, I like the people that I work with. I like the challenges that are presented and, you know, the, the growth that I've seen in myself over the past five years that I've been there. So mm. um, I guess, yeah, it does for me, it doesn't seem so much. And I've been doing it for so long. Uh, again, it's, I'm just in the middle of it. Mm. Yeah, it's a yeah, I, I, I know ex exactly what you mean. Um, I, you for purpose of our discussion, you know, to, to, to kind of narrow it down, like you know, Charles has got his uh, balance with his full time job, a couple of part time things on the side, and and his family and and some truly hellish commutes. Yeah. Um. My wife was a full time teacher at a university, uh, associate professor. Um. Uh, her teaching responsibilities compared to mine are so small but her administrative responsibilities are so huge sure and the kind of work that she's doing is like so headache laden um whereas me i'm a part-time teacher at five different universities i, I consider myself like infantry <laughs> <laughs> and it's but it's it's all classroom i mean the, the other the other parts of the job are almost you know it's all prep prep you know and right. materials creation and classroom and I couldn't be happier. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. Well, I could be happy. You could like double or triple my salary. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be much happier. But aside from that, I mean, you know, talking about doing what you love. Yeah. Um, my days are just spent with my students, and I couldn't ask for a, a better gig. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's just really. And, and, and as you talk about, and, and obviously for looking at um, at uh, heads up English, the materials creation and and crafting the what you're what you yourself are going to use in the classroom and tail as you said before tailoring it for the students that you've got um and then implementing it and seeing it work is so incredibly rewarding right yeah it's really it, it nice. surely is and then i also get, i mean i get emails from people all over the world you know saying all oh, this material is great or you know i use this and it worked really well and that 
you know, that's really rewarding as, as well. Just the people are using it, but they're taking the time as well. They like it. They're taking the time to email me and let me know. So yeah, it just sort of keeps, you know, ain't that feeding nice. Me. Yeah. <laughs> that nice. Oh man. That's, oh, that's great. 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 So yeah, it's a, because yeah, teaching. So you, so rarely get that. So few people get that. And when you, when it does come that, that like, you know, tangible recognition of your effort, it's like, it's it's cold. And yeah, it really does inspire you to go out and do even more, do a different job. You know, do a better job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It feeds you. It's just you know, it's it's uh, the opposite of a vicious cycle. Um, I can't think of what it is, but uh, you know, it just you. It, it's a circle that you keep going around and around and around, and it's you know more and more positive, and you feel better and better about what you're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it keeps you on track and. Um, yeah, it gives you the motivation to, and, and that motivation, but also the information that you need to keep things on track and to actually make it really better and better. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. And then that, that just feeds on itself. So in, um, in, uh, building and again, it's kind of an organic long-term process of how these things grow and, and yeah. develop on their own. Yes. Um, <laughs> What you know, in, in with the uh, with in the con, in in the process for you, what were the the biggest challenges, the the, the hardest things to, to challenges to surmount? What what was the hardest the hardest things to overcome? Um, in building Heads Up English, yeah. Um, I would say the most difficult thing was developing a website. Um, you know, I knew how to, you know, make materials, uh, and, you know, it wasn't something I didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to make a website and it's going to be with articles. It was articles that I had started writing for students and then, oh, well, we need to have some vocabulary practice and okay, now I need some, you know, comprehension questions and we need discussion questions and a role play. And, you know, over time, the, the articles, you know, the 11 pages of content, you know, evolved into, you know, what it is now. So, and then when I, you know, had you know, a few of those and, you know, I had been doing that for a while then I was like, okay, I should develop a website. So I, the articles I already knew how to do and, you know, I knew how to, you know, you know, put that together and something that would looked, you know, semi-professional, uh, developing a website, that was the most difficult part. Um, I had no experience. Uh, I went to, I, I think I first... I started, you know, writing the HTML for each page. Whoa. And that lasted about three weeks. And I thought, this is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, this is just not going to work. So then I went to the bookstore here in Tokyo and spent, you know, an hour, you know, digging through the shelves and, okay, what kind of, what kind of different, um, content management systems are out there. Actually, at the time, I didn't even know what a content management system was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I picked Mambo, which I'm not even sure is available or around anymore. And and then Mambo switched to Joomla, and that's what I'm using currently. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think most people use WordPress and most people are familiar with WordPress if they're if they have a website or if they're thinking about developing a website. Joomla is exactly the same thing. Uh, you know, you you have a, a WYSIWYG editor where you can put all the content in there. Um, you, know, you you publish that; it automatically links to all the other content that's on the website. Uh, you can download and install various uh, apps for the website. Uh, whether it's um, whether it's uh, uh, you know latest content and it automatically will link and appear in one of the columns, or if it's a new menu system that you might upload or something like that. So actually now it's you know the it's relatively easy to do. It's just a matter of okay, I write the article, I um, you know make that into a PDF. I put that up on my website and then I go into the, the WYSIWYG editor, the what you see is what you get editor mm-hmm. and cut and paste the content, uh, you know, 
proof it, make sure it all looks good, and then publish it. And, you know, the writing the article takes the most time now. And once that's done, it's, you know, 15 minutes mm. and I've got a new page on the website. Mm. Yeah, so, it sounds like you got it eventually. <laughs> eventually, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think anybody who's attempted to do these, something like this, this is some kind of project, inevitably, I mean, when you start off, there's, you don't know how many dead ends you oh, go yeah. down before you settle on, you know, find your way out of the maze and yes. figure out uh, what it is that's going to work for you and what you what you want to do. And um, yeah, so I'm, I use, a, you talked about words, I use WordPress, but I, I use WordPress only for the, <laughs> this is insane, <laughs> for the uh, 12 or 13 blogs that I use for my individual <laughs> university 12 classes. or 13 blogs. <laughs> yeah. And oh each one, each class has their own like class blog. So they get like their weekly assignments and okay. you know, additional links, blah, blah, blah. And then that's in addition to my regular website portal right. for just a general site for all my students. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Once, once you've got, the learning curve at the beginning is huge. Mm. Um, and I know a lot of people that have tried that and sort of given up because, you know, they, it, it's it's a lot of work at the beginning. But once you've got it, figure it out. Once you've got to figure it out, um, it's it's pretty easy and pretty painless. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't believe If you're running 12 blogs, I mean, if you've got 12 different blogs, obviously, you know, it doesn't take much effort, you know, once you've, you know, got a first page up and you know you know how to put the links in and well, well would you build it yeah it's, it's as simple as sending an email to a yeah. specific address yeah and the subject is the is the date and then you just put over the content is and you email it to that address and then it's there yeah um it's something you could do on the train on the way home if you yeah. had any energy left <laughs> which, I, <laughs> which i rarely do well, I've, I've been looking around my website on the train off my tablet yeah Mm. Yeah, the, the contact management systems are great. Uh, you know, 15 or not 15 years ago, 10 years ago, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, whenever I started Heads Up English, they didn't really, there weren't so many options out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I stumbled on, uh, you know, Mambo at the time, which became Joomla, uh, because I can't imagine, like, if I had coded every page oh. and I had 500 pages at this point, how I would not be able to, you know, put a new template on. I, I, I can, I can make a template or I could buy a template and I could change the entire site design and everything would automatically update. Mm -hmm. Um, if I didn't have a, if I didn't have a content management system, I'd have to go in and recode or change a lot of the pages and it would just be impossible to yeah, do. Yeah. And that way lies madness. I mean, you can't, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't do both. No. Yeah. yeah, you can't do both. Things have gotten so complicated. And yeah, you're right about, you know, the, you know, the advances in the technology with the, you know, the, the software that's out there that allows you to, you know, just concentrate on the content yes. and let and let the other to let the machine take care of the, you know, how, what the colors and where it's going to be in there. And those just press the buttons that make yeah. it make it so. Yeah, yeah. Much easier, uh, relatively painless. Yeah. And, I, but that's what makes it possible. Yes. Otherwise, it would just you you wouldn't have time for a real job. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> <clears throat> you just be programming all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, with um, with your website, um, yeah, I, did, I was going to ask a question, but it's kind of a stupid question. <laughs> it's like, so, who do you the, you know you did, uh, like heads up? Who's it for? And I and I you know the question kind of answers itself. I mean, it's for you. It's for your students. It's for anybody else who. Is looking for good material, good lesson plans, uh, things to adapt and use for their own students. But um, when you sit down and add something to the web page and to, to the to the site, yeah, uh, what's in your head? Um, well, I guess it depends. If it's if it's an article, you know, a news article or current events article for the students. Generally, I mean, I read the news every day and I'll flag like, oh, this is a good article. This would be good. Uh, students would get a lot of value out of this. Uh, so I flag different articles and those eventually do become, you know, content that appears on my site. This is me. 
(laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Uh, If it's, you know, maybe like um, a how to teach article, um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, something that I've read. I'm like, oh, that that's interesting. I never thought about that or a podcast that I've heard and I've done some more research on it. Um, It might be, you know, one of my teachers or, you know, a conversation in the teacher's room. They're struggling with something or, you know, they're having a problem with this class or they don't know how to do something. And like, oh, I should write an article about that. Um, And I'm sure I think, okay, if if I'm interested in it and I don't know about it or if, you know, it's people are talking about this in the teacher's room, then, of course, there's other people out there who, you know, similarly don't know how to do something or having the same conversation. And so the articles are like for for teachers uh, that's how those sort of, you know, evolve and, you know, get put onto Heads Up English. And then, you know, there's other stuff that, you know, oh, you know, maybe something happened with one of my students. We had a conversation and that was a good topic uh, or he struggled with this. And so then I'll, you know, prepare some new content and then use that with future students. And again, you know, I realize that, you know, people are going to be using it, you know, all over the world at And so for, uh, you've got this creation out there, you got your jobs, like what, what, what do you see? What's ahead? What's down the road? What are you going to do? Um, well, always developing new content. Uh, you know, that's a given. Uh, I have slowly just sort of, you know, in my free time, little free time that I have been developing different, uh, pay, you know, resources that you know people can purchase uh stuff that i've been doing more with my students and you know content that i've been using more with uh you know the school that i work at and making you know stuff that you know for example uh uh, there's a, a grammar you know set of grammar worksheets where students go in and get that in advance of a lesson you know, either, you know, if teachers are using a textbook uh-huh. or if, um, you know, teachers teaching the class and identifies, okay, students don't know this language or whatever. Uh, students get an, a brief explanation in advance, a simplified explanation, some, you know, basic practice exercises. And through that, th- when you get to class, students are somewhat familiar with uh, the grammar point that you want to, you know, work with that day. So you're spending less time talking about the grammar, which is, you know, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to make a teacher centered class. You don't want to, you know, sit up there for five minutes talking about, you know, a specific grammar point. You want to get into having the students use that language and apply it and connect it to everything that they know and, you know, personalize it and so on. So I, I've put together, you know, resources like that where they're preparing in advance and then, you know, they get to class and they're ready to go with the content. Uh, so I see more of you know, doing that sort of thing because putting together an article for uh, Heads Up English takes, you know, a few hours, but putting together, you know, like a, basically a book, you know, I w- I'll work on that for six months or a year you know, developing the content, testing the content, rewriting the content, testing it again. Uh, so it's a, a significant, you know, significantly greater uh, amount of my time. Um, other things that I've really wanted to do include uh, a podcast. Uh, you know, people email me with questions and I usually try to answer them as quickly as I can. But I thought, oh, I should take those questions and then make a two or three minute, you know, podcast where I'm answering the questions. But, you know, that takes another significant amount of time as well. Oh, Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's that's on my my to do list since Mm. uh, last year. Um, You know, last year I started researching, Okay, how can I make a podcast? What equipment should I purchase? And, you know, we're about a year later and I still haven't gotten much further along with that. Um, So, yeah, just I think for Heads Up English, it's more resources 
uh, developing more content, uh, putting more out there, and then trying to explore some different avenues that I haven't had that much time, you know, podcasts, uh, more, you know, professional, like really professional content, uh, you know, things like that. Well, with, uh, I, I mentioned it before, and, and you echoed it with your description here. I think one of the things that really hit me with um, your site was the the importance and the uh, the value of that preloading of the uh, of the for the students of the basic information before the class. So that when it comes to the classroom time, you maximize that classroom time. Yeah, uh, for them, and, and it it makes such a huge difference because if you're wasting you know ten, fifteen, twenty minutes of the classroom time. Um, giving them the the foundation, which they which they don't need you for. They can do that at they, home. They, they can do that at home. Use the classroom time for for the use of it, and yeah. that is such a big thing. It's just a big step. And um, the what you, the heads up English and and my those blogs that I talked about that I do for my class the same function. Give them the basics before they come to class. Have all that there, and then they're you know the the, the ground's ready. You know you're ready to, to plant the seeds, and you can get something growing. It's a it's a big thing and um, really useful. Yeah, I I mean you give students homework, and that's great. Um, you know they need extra contact with English throughout the week because they're not using it really unless they're in your class for the most part. But you know with homework. It's part of its review of what you've done in the class. Part of it's an extension, but they're not. Once they finish the homework, uh, they're not seeing any other use of what they've done. Whereas if you give them something in advance of the class, then they're coming to class ready and they're using everything they've prepared right. in the class. Right. They're feeding off, you know, the other students. Um, they can see that the class is much more rewarding. Yeah, it's you know much richer, much more interesting and engaging. Uh, and I think you know that doing that and then doing just a little bit of homework where they get to review, right? Reinforcement. Uh, yeah, exactly. Reinforcement. I think students that I've seen make more progress, yep. and they're more interested, and they're more motivated. Uh, and that's really, you know, where more and more over, you know, my teaching philosophy has evolved and Heads Up English has evolved as well, where more and more is, you know, prepare in advance, come to class, and then you've got, you know, there's so much more that that, that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, um, as you, as you're, when I'm talking a little bit about that and about the motivation and things, and struck me as like very, you know, at the beginning of our conversation here today. Um, the one of the other big differences it's everybody's like wow um i have I have one university that uh, where my students are maybe similar to yours in terms of motivation and right. hunger yeah um, but like for Charles and I most of the time <laughs> we we're, we're we're dealing with the other end of the spectrum where so much of our classroom time is spent trying to motivate students <laughs> sugarcoating the lessons is trying to get them to swallow the pill to pay stay awake yeah <laughs> yeah I've, I've done that too i've done that too. yeah 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 and it and it and they're the the two things are so so different and um but each of them challenging and rewarding in their own ways um yeah the uh the the story i like to tell is you know the, the one experience with them at uh the university i'm talking about my was my First time, uh, first class, first year I'm there for my first class, and you know you go through your first day spiel, and um, yeah. you say, you know, are there any questions? And of course, no one raises their no, hand. No, of course not. But 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 one <laughs> here <laughs> at this university, someone raises his hand, and the question his question is, have you ever regretted becoming a teacher? <laughs> <laughs> and i go okay we gotta rethink this class the wow. ground up for next week <laughs> because this is not what i was expecting so um uh i've never to, experienced that <laughs> but to, to tie that in i was like we talked about how different the classes can be and how you know whatever textbook you choose you're going to need to tailor that uh to the students you've got to your teaching style 
And um, that's one of the things that really struck me about your website. It's it's, it's almost like that. Yeah, okay, this is like a menu. Right? It's like a menu at a restaurant. Say, so, okay, go here and pick and choose. And this, I can use this, and I can use this for these guys in this way. I can use this for these guys in that way. And yeah, because you really got you got you got a frig with everything. You really have to like tweak it and fit it to the kids and yeah. fit it to you. Um, but to have that you know cornucopia of resources there to pick from is a real nice thing yeah you use a textbook in the class uh most classes i mean use a textbook and yeah you adapt it you adjust it uh you cut sections out but yeah yeah, you need you always need a bit more um and you know then there's other classes where you don't use a textbook Uh, maybe i wouldn't say you don't use a textbook at all maybe if it's a private lesson or just a really small class then yeah you wouldn't use a textbook and yeah, heads up English, then, you know, you're picking, okay, I'll pick an article from here. Okay. And here's something similar. Read that, you know, at home, uh, for, you know, additional work. And then we'll come back next week and we'll talk about it some more. Okay. I noticed that you're making mistakes with this, this language, or you need to improve this vocabulary area and here's some more content. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot there that you can pick and choose either to fit into a textbook or to you know use entirely on its own with you know your private student or you know you know group of two or three students that you know meet on a regular basis. Yeah, it's 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 all so fluid and so so different every day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I think we're kind of winding down. I I but I'm before we do that, I'm going to say I didn't realize that um you're in an environment where uh. So many of the students were going abroad. Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole culture thing is so important. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we get, um, we get students and they're so focused on uh, just the language part. Yeah. And you have to, you know, you have to talk with them and coax them to recognize that you could be, you know, you can nail the you know, TOEFL test and, you know, you know, get 80, 90, a hundred points on it. But um, you're not going to succeed when you go overseas and, you know, enter a, a lecture or another university class. Yeah. It's like, it's you like, expect yeah. to participate and, you know, agree and disagree and argue with your fellow students. And- yeah, the, the communication patterns. I, I mentioned that in a, in a previous podcast. It's like, yeah, it's like you can't go there and, and speak Japanese using English words and English sentences. Yeah. It's not yes. going to work. It's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. Okay, well, hey, you know, this is um, all this stuff is part of the the fun thing that we do, and um, yeah, it's why sixty, seventy hours a week doesn't seem like does, so much. Doesn't seem that bad because so much of it is really uh, enjoyable. And when yes. you get that positive feedback, like you said, people all over the world, like you know, Chuck and I have like listeners in Russia and in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> and it's and it's it's great. I mean, it's like whoa, it's 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 wonderful. So yeah, it's it is a good feeling. Yeah, and feedback from students when you get it, it's it's yeah, it's wonderful. So, uh, thank you for taking the time to to join us. And yeah, this is uh, yeah, thank you, know, you for of, having me. Yeah, this something is a lot really of fun. something really different. And um, yeah, like, like Charles and I do the um the podcast. I do my you know crazy combination of websites. You've got this cohesive hub of, of resources that was great for students and teachers um and we're all kind of approaching this thing at from different directions and different angles and sorry to hear you're not making more money <laughs> <laughs> well but, yeah you, you don't become a teacher to, to make money do you <laughs> but it wouldn't be bad would it well, it, <laughs> it wouldn't be a bad uh, thing it wouldn't be bad but <laughs> Next you sort life. of accept you accept that Next you're, life. you're a teacher and <laughs> you know you do it because you love doing it. Yeah. Well, there, there's no better end to it than that, huh? Yes. All right. So again, thanks a lot, Chris. And Thank you. Uh, uh, everybody, this is uh, at uh, Heads Up English. No spaces, no dots. HeadsUpEnglish.com. Um, check it out. A whole lot of good stuff there for teachers for students. Uh, all levels, right? From a beginner up to advanced. Yeah. And, um, you know, bite-sized stuff, big stuff. Um, I'm sure you'll find something there that uh, will be useful for you that you'll be able to use in your classrooms. And uh, when you do, 
thank Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Send me an email. Yeah. All right. Well, so thanks, Chris. It was a good time. Thank you. All righty. Okay. So, um, yeah. And I think when in talking to Chris, one of the things that um, made the biggest impression on me was how, <laughs> you know, we say teaching English in Japan, how different <laughs> our, our worlds are, right? I mean, because we, you and I, um, all, almost exclusively in the university classrooms and his experience was almost completely different. And um, I mean, part of the age is, is our age difference. I mean, he was, what do you say, class of 96? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're a good bit older. Um, but uh, the big difference is in, uh, in what we teach and I mean, how we teach and big difference of who we teach, right? Yeah, I found that, again, it's always interesting to hear a different perspective and have, let's say, certain biases that I have or certain viewpoints kind of challenged. And the idea that um, he's working with students who are actually using their own money to pay, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People who are going on their own time they're giving up their free time it's not the thing that they do like going to college mm -hmm. and an incredible amount of motivation these people must be bringing into the classroom having a classroom <laughs> of people who are motivated and must be much more demanding i'd imagine because if i'm paying for something well i'm a lot more demanding about oh it. absolutely and the the thing looking you know talking with them and trying to you know imagine the the picture there what what struck me is uh the way that the students define the experience and yes. you know the, you could take the same teacher and in those two different teaching environments it's a completely different world um our experience is defined by the students that we teach and his experience that he's teaching and they are two different worlds and it's just like you said um the his and this is this is the funny thing right so yeah the big thing that uh, one of the big things that I really noticed was, yeah, when he started talking about the students complaining that they, they wanted more input, they wanted more, that they, they, the pace was too slow, they wanted more, more, more. And when I when we did the interview, I, you know, it's like, it's kind of scratching my head. It's like, wow, that's really something. <laughs> and right. Also, and it was just last week when I got my, some of my student evaluations back, and one student in one of my classes for the very first time. On the evaluation comments, she said, you should make the tests harder. I want more information. Mm. So I had to come home and like prepare a big dish of crow for myself. Because <laughs> there it was. And it's like, but again, but there's the exception that proves the rule. That is not usually what our students complain about. Right. I don't, I don't have my students saying... Give me more assignments. Make it harder me. for me. Or you do. We do have. I think we have those students, mm. but they're the minority students. Yeah, yeah. They're or they're the minority, you know, part of the class. They're mm. not the, the majority of the class. So that really stood out to me. Yeah. yeah. And what I went by when I was talking about the biases, Tony, was I was thinking about when I got to Japan and as I've been in Japan, kind of the pinnacle of English teaching in Japan is to be a university teacher. I said that's a perception. <laughs> there is right, right. That's what, exactly. Mm. But you know, it's kind of a basic assumption that if you can, you start out in Aikawa, then you move, let's say, up a little bit, maybe into more of a corporate training program, and then maybe you get a part-time job at like a junior college or a semongako, kind of the same way we moved, maybe mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. some degree, and then you're making it when all your classes are at university level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm listening to, to Chris and I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, maybe, maybe it's the other way around actually, <laughs> because I was thinking of even a regular Eikaiwa, you know, English conversation school professor in one of the big commercial houses, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that those students are coming on their own. They're coming on the evening or they're coming in their free time or they're coming after work. Maybe they have the really good gig. <laughs> And so that got me thinking a lot in terms of, you know, the intrinsic motivation, extrinsic motivation, what the students are bringing. And as you very um, righteously and correctly said, is how that 
kind of student determines and defines the actual classroom experience. Mm. That's a real interesting... So I like that part very much. Mm. The other thing I thought was really interesting was um, moving to a different area because I think, as you said, Chris, I think is is right now is mainly like more of a a, a, a content developer for his website. Mm, well, not for his uh, website. He's the, he's the academic director for the for the school where he's at, and the the website is kind of a little a little well, it's a commercial version of the kind of thing that I do. And mine a little bit more student oriented. Okay. His is a little more teacher oriented. But uh, I think it is. I don't know if it's there for his teachers, uh, but he's also you know trying to expand that and and make it a well, more that's universal what, okay. thing, right? Yeah, sorry, um, that's kind of what I meant. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Although, of course, it's my fault for not being clear, so I shall apologize. <laughs> but when listening to him talk about that, and that that part of his life or that part of his business or that part of um, his career is completely web-based and how he developed that, how he grew that, what he was talking about in the beginning, writing everything by HTML code mm -hmm. and then learning about um, content management systems where he talked to Joomla and WordPress, et cetera, which probably sounds like Latin to some people. Mm. But what I found interesting there was this is an example of somebody starting from scratch. Yeah. Saying, I, here's the, go ahead. No, go, go. Okay, saying here's this web tool, this web, this worldwide web thing, and you can make a website, and it's it's a useful, interesting thing, and then learning how to do it by himself, and then starting out, and then realizing, ah, oh, this is too much work, this doesn't work, I'll never get anywhere, and that process of diving in, learning something, dumping it for another kind of system, and moving on, and then learning, and if you go to the website, it's very professional looking. Very. Right. And it's interesting. Um, it has a lot of content. And that just goes to show that somebody, I think, who starts off with almost you know, no experience in the web can learn how to put a website on, put a website up that is very useful and helpful. There's a lot of content on that. Lots, lots and lots. Lots of it's content. Huge. It's huge. It's, yeah, it's massive. It's massive. So I was curious about that. And then I was kind of looking at it and wondering, okay, so, so. You know, he, does it cost him to run this? You know, there's hosting and the time and, you know, is he getting, is, how, do you, how do you make money from something so that your work gets rewarded? Mm -hmm. So that, that was a question. And then the other thing that I was thinking about was the kind of bias I have or I think educators have about making money from education as a business. Mm. Right, that it's okay for us to be paid by a university as a salary, but it's wrong for us to profit from education as individuals, let's say in business or some kind of website. And I found that kind of interesting that that, that feeling was coming up and that got me thinking about a lot of different things about approaches to education and why it's not wrong for people to make money mm. from education because there's a lot of big businesses making money from education. Oh, they are. <laughs> Right, especially like the testing regimes in the mm -hmm. United States, right? That's big, big money. So I really appreciated listening to you and Chris talk because it started resetting me, kind of, and let me look at certain kinds of uh, attitudes I have mm. about the teaching industry. Mm, mm, mm. So that was real good. Yeah. Um, just to, to go back to the Latin, I think for some people might say CMS, and Content Management System, because right. uh, it might be a, a new term for, for some folks. And it, yeah, it also struck me that. You know, we obviously we, we talk about this all the time about how the, the difficulties in teaching. Um, it was really interesting. I said, you know, I asked him what the most difficult thing was. As well, the, the, the difficult thing was the tech part. And I go, yeah, so this this you know this, this technology is supposed to make our lives easier, and uh, yeah, and trying to build that uh, something like that up from scratch is what a what an enormous task that is. Um, and to address your um, your thing about money. Um, I'm wondering if maybe that might not be mm, a bit of a, a self-selecting thing with teachers. Uh, that one of the things that maybe draws teachers to teaching is getting away from that business mentality, perhaps. 
And that's why there's uh, that guilt or shame sometimes that people might feel about making money as a teacher, or marketing themselves or something like that. Um, I wonder if that might not be a, a teacher trait in some way. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I think a lot of us do that. We go in yeah. because we don't want to have to deal on right, the exactly. business Right, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. But yeah. what I'm saying is the interesting thing is that given that maybe there are opportunities to do mm. that, I would think sometimes in myself that it would be um, I'm not um, willing to do that because I think it's wrong to make money. Mm. I don't know. How do you feel? Well, I don't think it's wrong to make money. Um, but <laughs> I, I, mean, I like making money. Uh, but um, yeah, but I'm not a self-marketer. I don't, I'm not a schmoozer. Um, and I'm not trying to, um, mm, I don't, how, I'm, I'm at a lack of words here for, uh, yeah, you're not a hustler. You <laughs> yeah, don't want to have exactly. to hustle. I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. Give me, yeah, I'll, I'll work my ass off. Give me, give me a check. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. But I just thought I found that it was interesting mm. for me mm -hmm. that there's some kind of like, well, it would be wrong to profit. Mm. Mm. And I realized, no, it's good that people can profit because it gives this alternative. It gives services to students that is needed, mm -hmm. things that are not provided. And the difference is you have somebody like Chris, who obviously really is passionate and cares about what he's doing. Versus, let's say, an organization that is totally profit-driven, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And because we do have to admit that, you know, a lot of this is business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. and, 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 you know, we talked about a lot of the differences, and uh, but there's, like, the similarities, too. You talked about, just mentioned, like, the passion and uh, very much it's, you know, very student-oriented. You know, really, you know, it comes through in, in the discussion about how um, all the things that he's doing is really kind of student-focused. And... Um, the other thing I noticed was kind of funny. It's like I started asking myself, so, well, you know, free time. Is on his free time he works on the web <laughs> the website? Go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's a teacher, right? Part time. And when you're free time, what do you do? Yeah, 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 you work. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a great point. Nothing changes. <laughs> so that and that and that's so our lives are pretty it. much the same. <laughs> don't go into it just because you think you're going to get more time. In fact, if you oh. if you start your own business or you work on something like that, it's going to take up a lot more time. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a, that's like a like a the worst of both worlds, right? I mean, one thing about you know teachers, you know, again, the, the perception is like all the free time, but all that time is spent working. <laughs> um, and the second thing about yeah, starting a business and you think that you you sit back and you're the boss, and it's like, well, that's for the you know two or three percent that make it. For everybody else, it's uh. It's a twenty-four hour job, right? Right. Uh, it's, such a, it's such a big undertaking. Yes, and so just really want to tip my hat to Chris for that, you know, and providing a really good service. And family, <laughs> you guys. What does that mean? Family that too. Mean? Yeah. yeah. So I don't. I don't know how you guys do it. I, yeah. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sometimes mm. I wonder. I'm really lucky that I <laughs> don't get into more trouble. Mm. But it was interesting again, just the similarities and the differences. Mm-hmm between what he's doing and what we're doing and you know that it's just it doesn't matter it's just a lot of work mm -hmm. and the idea of how to use things how to teach the concern about teaching for example preparing um what you do and i think what i try to do you know the having the materials so the students come into the classroom prepared the idea of the flipped classroom mm. Again, um, you know, that here's someone who's providing this service. And having these kind of resources are really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. So what I meant in terms of this bias about business, right, is mm. that, you know, when somebody, let's say, has a website like that and they have a membership fee or they ask for money, my initial response is not to pay. And I'm thinking to myself after listening to your talk with Chris that, wait, you know, maybe it's good to pay for these things so that these people can succeed. Well, we talked about that with, uh, you and I have had discussion, I, th I think off mic, um, regarding uh, freeware and you know, commercial software. Right. And um, yeah, I know you're, you're a big fan of open source things. And uh, I said, well, you know, I don't 
yeah, back then when we were talking, it's like, well, I'd rather pay because someone who's doing it for the money, there's a, there's a sense of responsibility or commitment. I mean, you know, if this stuff is junk, no one's going to give money for it. So if you're expecting to get paid for it, you're going to, you're going to put a little more in, into it. And it's like, you know, if it's open source, it's like, well, there might be a sense of personal pride, but I think when, when you hit the open source stuff, it, you too often come up against the good enough okay. thing, right? So it's just good well, enough. So if it's a, like, like, for example, Chris with his materials, like, yeah, he, he's expecting people to pay for it. He's got to make it good, right? Right. I'm not, I don't argue with that. And the open source thing, <laughs> we can go into that. That's <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what open source is, op, um, open source software and apps are just, they tend to be free and they have a special license which allows anyone to adapt it, use it, um, and then if they want even to, to sell it as long as they don't close it down so somebody else can adapt it and sell it. And there are certain advantages there in terms of openness that everybody can look at the code. But for example, in the last year, I've bought a bunch of apps for my, my you know, MacBook Pro and I've bought for my iPad and iPhone because I see a good app and I want to support I say, okay, this is really a good deal. And, you know, of course, we have the anchoring effect where it's kind of like, what? $5 for an app? I'm not going to pay for that. That's really expensive. But the idea, again, of the paying for a product that's good so that the people who are working on it can continue to do that. Right. Right. So we, we're kind of going off topic there. But I'm saying that the idea of realizing that, hey, if somebody is out there doing some good work like Chris and there is a minimal charge for that, like a membership fee or something, you know, Think about it. It's worth it. You know, what are you getting for it? How right. long would it take you to develop, have all those materials? Mm. And then suddenly the, what is it, the $10 a year, for example, who could charge or something like that, some membership fee becomes the best deal in the world. Mm. And also I noticed on his website, he also had people can rate the materials, Yep, which is good too. That's something you don't see on any of the commercial websites. Right. All right this textbook was ranked or these materials <laughs> were ranked in a certain way. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's so. Again, it was real enjoyable. I thought to listen to somebody from a different perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's nice, nice to get outside of our own world. To it really helps uh, give us perspective, not only what other people are doing, but of course what we're doing too. And to like, helps us maybe look at it from a different angle and maybe improve things, either make it something easier or uh, being better somehow, in some way. Yes, yes, yes. So there's no argument against um, broadening one's perspective and looking under rocks to see what's there. Mm. So, okay. So, okay. So, see, yeah, let's see. So, yeah, get over to uh, Chris's site and support him. <laughs> Buy some stuff. Okay. Uh, what... And that's, uh, again, at, well, HTTPs and colon slash slash www dot heads up English, no spaces, heads up English uh, dot com. And uh, yeah, go buy some stuff. But instead of buying <laughs> instead stuff, of buying stuff <laughs> uh, Chris very generously um, has agreed to uh, allow us to offer uh, 10 listeners some free stuff. <laughs> I want to be first. Can I be first? Can I be first? You can't be first. You're not, you're not qualified. I'm a listener. You're not a listener. You're a speaker. <laughs> I am but, a human being. <laughs> So he's got uh, two sets of things. Uh, well, I think one of them is new. I think one maybe uh, is is has been out for a little bit. Uh, the new one is um, a release. It's like e these are both like e-books, e mm -hmm. digital material. One thousand and one grammar discussion questions. That's a lot of questions. And uh, the other one is one hundred and one. A lot of these one things. One hundred and one pre-lesson worksheets, uh, and that's general English. And um, these offering those uh, ten of those, uh, they come as a set uh, to ten listeners. I guess so. The ten first ten uh, to send us an email at uh, two teachers talking at gmail dot com. Um, we will uh, get that information to Chris and. Uh, You'll have your free stuff. Uh, right. Play with it and get ready for the, the next academic year and 
uh, see what you want to use and how to supplement and make your classes a little more interesting with a little bit better. Yes, and remember that these are ebooks, so you can load them on your smartphone or your tablet or your computer, and you're not carrying them around, and they're always available. Mm-hmm. And on those days when you need something extra, it's right there. It's right there. You don't have to fumble around thinking and run off and make copies, if you know possible, because you can have uh, share it on the screen if you want. So it's a nice, nice little thing to have. I, I, I want one. I want two. <laughs> I want three. So please send us uh, an email, and in the subject line, just write "free giveaway." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Chris, for that. Yeah, thanks, Chris. It was a uh, good talking, and uh, he's 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 interested. We may be talking to him again in the future, hmm. down the road a bit. So, All right, good. Okay, so here we are, and there we go. Two teachers talking, a podcast. <laughs> and you can find us at Two Teachers Talking on i iTunes and Two Teachers Talking dot com and. Two teachers talking at gmail.com and on Skype and guess and what? At two teachers talking. Right. <laughs> There's a pattern here, as we yeah. always say. Okay. All right. Okay. So back to the grading, huh? Oh, semester's almost completely mm. over. And actually for me, most of the grading's done. It's it's curving mm. and figuring out, you know, how the grades have to work. Yeah, well, yeah, the calculation is, is often done, but the submission is is a real headache. Yes, right, exactly. Because I've got, you know, I've got so many, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many students do you have again? Like oh, I five? got five different schools, and I've got five hundred and sixty, five hundred seventy students. So, I got, Ouch. My, I've got my work cut out for me. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. a hard couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm just lucky that the different schools are, you know, sequenced in terms of or staggered in terms of when the grades are due. Yeah, same here. Same. It's here. really weird. Like one place I have to have. The grades had to be in by today. Another place they have to be in by February eighth, and another place they have to be in by February twenty ninth. I'm kind of the same. Go figure. But at least everything could be done on websites now. Mm-hmm. Remember when we had to sit around and fill them in on mark sheets? Well, with some of the let me tell you, uh, some, uh, some, some of the exists? schools. Well, some of the schools, their systems make me wish they were on paper. Really? <laughs> and wow. uh, one of my schools still is on actually and that actually that's the case. One of my schools still on paper. And um uh another school their system was so bad and so unworkable that uh 2 years ago they gave teachers the option to request input on paper, which wow. I do. Wow. Because you if you get on their website, you get input half your grades, and it bounces you out, and it, you've lost all your data. So, uh, a couple of times <laughs> going through that, um, this is yeah, paper is fine. Don't mind paper at all. And uh, I think, you know, frankly, I think that that uh, um, chance for error is much less on paper. So, there you go. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. The thing that usually it's pretty easy, but no matter what I do, I can't upload my grades you know, from the spreadsheet directly into. Yeah, formats. They say you can't. They say you can't, but it's never worked. So yeah. somebody out there knows how to do it, and you can help me with that. I really <laughs> appreciate it. Okay, so yes, back to grading. Okay, all right, Charles. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, thank you, friend. Thank yeah. you again, Chris, for uh, you know being willing to talk with us. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Good luck, man. You too. Bye now.